Welcome to Multifamily AP 360, the show where we discuss 360-degree views on mindset, passive, and active multifamily investment. If you're looking for tips and strategies, or just want to learn from the experiences of others, both good and bad, then listen on. This is Multifamily AP 360 with your host, Ramakrishna Chunchu. Today's our guest is Clay Ogden from 831B. Welcome, Clay. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Sure. Little bit about Clay. Clay could easily be described as the ace of the SRA team in his role as National Business Development Manager. Clay does it all as he interacts with business owners and advisors to identify risk management strategies. As a formal professional golfer on the nationwide, web.com, Canadian, and mini tours, Clay nurtures many of his business relationships on the course and bring more than 12 years in risk mitigation to identify opportunities and consult with clients and representatives. So with that, Clay, you want to add anything to your background? No, I mean, primarily just trying to help, you know, investors, business owners, et cetera, these days and helping people manage risk and become more efficient. Thank you. So what kind of business owners you guys are helping? We work with business owners in every industry. Anywhere from real estate to privately held companies, electricians, contractors, I mean, you name it. We have clients in every industry you can dream of because, you know, in every industry, there's a lot of unknown risks and we're trying to help business owners figure out ways to better manage those risks. So how exactly are you guys helping, you know, better managing risk? So the 831B is a piece of the tax code, simply allows a business owner to be able to take excess revenues excess profits out of their business when they have the ability to do so and set those dollars aside into their own reinsurance company. Essentially, that allows them to kind of build a a war chest of funds or a tax deferred bucket of money to manage those kind of uncommon, unforeseen risks that at the end of the day, they're not covered by traditional insurance. And so it's something that they're going to pay for one way or the other by utilizing a program like this they're now becoming a little bit more tax efficient using tax deferred dollars to manage, you know, things like business interruption. A lot of what we've seen over the last few years, maybe it's political risks, you know, political decisions being made that ultimately impact the business, you know, accidental damage waivers, contents coverage, lots and lots of different risks. So. Got it. Yeah. Thank you. So you mentioned whatever, like the traditional incidents not covered, you guys are covering. Share me like what are, you know, Coverage and not coverage from 831B point of view. Everybody's familiar with kind of the traditional lines of insurance, right? You've got your work comp, your general liability, auto, health insurance, all those things, right? And those are traditional insurance companies do a really nice job with those risks. But there's a lot of risks that are simply uninsurable or underinsured or just simply not covered by traditional insurance. And that's where these programs become an option for business owners, right? You start looking at things like brand and reputation damages. Could it happen? Absolutely. You know, we start looking at things like cyber attacks and unauthorized access from a malware, ransomware, spoofing emails. I mean, it's something that's happening more and more frequently. And oftentimes it's not covered by a traditional policy. And so those are things that we try to help the business owner take those excess revenues when they have the ability to do so park it to the side. And if they need those dollars to manage that same risk 
now they're doing so in a more tax efficient way. Got it. So one of the examples you mentioned was like cyber attacks or cyber security kind of, you know, coverage. Yeah. So how exactly, you know, we can utilize 831B plan here and when exactly we need to, you know, go for this plan? So, I mean, a lot of business owners will, you know, they'll say, well, I have a cyber policy already, right? You know, a lot of times they do, but there's a lot of exclusions in those policies and traditional insurance continues to get more expensive, especially post COVID, right? continues to get more expensive, they continue to add exclusions into those policies. And so it starts to become something that business owners are kind of left on the hook to cover a lot of those business interruption issues, a lot of those cyber issues. And so if they're going to be paying for it one way or the other, you know, if we're better served using after-tax money out of cash flow or using pre-tax deferred dollars inside of an 831B, that's kind of the one way or the other and one way is definitely more efficient than the other so got it thank you share me a little bit more about process and also cost associated with it that one b plans so process we would do a vetting process of kind of what the business is what the ownership structure is you know are they an s corp are they an llc what's the ownership look like we'll structure this entity to match that ownership most of the time as far as costs associated with the program you know it's Typically, these programs were about $250,000 to even consider prior to 0708. And so inside of our program, six grand to set it up. It's six grand a year to maintain it. And then we'll actually retain a percentage of dollars being set aside as a way of our making, how we make our revenue, but we're also sharing in the risk. So kind of a little deeper conversation, kind of get into the weeds on some of that stuff. But cost effectiveness, definitely available to the small to mid-market business owner thank you thank you for sharing that yeah yeah would you elaborate a little bit more about you know your 831b plans where exactly can apply where exactly we cannot apply these plans you know i would say you know a lot of the times as far as types of risks that you're talking about yeah we do work with a lot of people in like the storage industry you know for specifically for this podcast you know we have have quite a few people that own storage units a thousand fifteen hundred 35,000 storage units, right? And so anywhere and everywhere in between. And that allows the, you know, the facility owner to offer their own protection plan. A lot of the times somebody will use a third party and they'll get, you know, a 20, 30, 40% profit share split, but there's not a lot of claims. And so oftentimes those facility owners realize, well, maybe it's better for me to bring this in house and I can offer this protection plan no different than the third party is and collect, make it an extra source of revenue and pay out claims if and when they happen. So they start to identify these more self-insured risks and maybe it becomes an extra line of revenue or maybe they just find out ways to simply manage that risk better than it's being managed right now. So would you share some best practices based on your experience? I mean, inside the 831B, there's what's often referred to as a four-part test. You know, there has to be a risk sharing. There has to be a transfer of risk. We have to make sure that what we're insuring is fortuitous in nature. So things that happen by chance, not the traditional lines of insurance. And then the last one is making sure that you're following the principles of insurance. Those are the things that are our job as the the 831B administrator to really make sure that those steps are being followed to make sure that, you know, this is running efficiently for the individual, the business owner themselves, and make sure that it's in compliance at the same time. Got it. So would you also share any of your best experience so far? 
over the last seven, eight years, especially just since COVID. I mean, we've had a lot of clients that have filed claims to pull dollars back into their business out of their own reinsurance companies for things like business interruption, supply chain interruptions, brand and reputation damages. Maybe it's a lawsuit that's been brought against them. You know, inside the real estate space, more of the contents coverage, accidental damage waiver for the people that owning lots of properties. Maybe it's a protection plan. This is, again, just enabling the facility owner, the property owner, the business owner to find ways to manage risks that exist, you know, just a little bit more effectively. And a lot oftentimes, especially in the real estate space, it does become an extra line of revenue to where I'm charging, you know, eight, 10, $12 for, you know, $2,500 in coverage. I have 1,500 tenants that are paying this and I pay out a claim here and there for a, you know, something that takes place that's a couple grand and it becomes another revenue generating product within their portfolio. Thank you. So would you also share any challenging experiences in implementing, you know, 831B plans? I mean, I think a lot of the times it's just talking through it with the individuals and the business owners. What risks that keep them up at night? There's something that everyone deals with that, you know, oftentimes it's like, oh, well, that's not going to happen to me or it hasn't ever happened to me. I think everybody feels that way since 2020. I don't think anybody ever dreamt of that scenario. And so unless you prepare for the unknown ahead of time, the just in case, the I'm doing really well, I can set these dollars aside to manage these unforeseen risks. Are they likely to happen? Probably not. But if they do, when you haven't thought about it and prepared for it before they do happen, it's too late. Right? And so that's kind of the main thing with this type of a program is kind of the uh, I'm preparing for the just in case and you know creating some advantages for myself at the very same time. So how exactly this claim process works here? So the claim process, you know, the client's going to file a claim at our website. It's going to be submitted. Our team would then reach out within, you know, two to three business days, ask any further questions, go through a due diligence process, making sure that they understand the claim, what it is, what event that has taken place, really help the business owner, the facility owner drill down into what the coverage is. And then that should play out pretty quickly at that point. It's a pretty simple, seamless process. It's definitely not quite as robust as a, you know, a traditional insurance process, but it does go through those same manners. So what is the typical timeline for, you know, claim process or, you know? I mean, we've had claims, you know, on the warranty side of things, on the protection plan side of things that they just, you know, clients will submit us their claims reimbursement for a monthly basis or a quarterly basis. We pull those funds from their 831B, their reinsurance company, and submit it back to their operating company on more of the, you know, business interruption, supply chain interruption, those enterprise risk type policies. Obviously, we're going to have to make sure that we're double checking all of the facts of the case. What happened? How did it happen? What was the occurrence that, you know, caused this loss? You know, oftentimes it'll take anywhere from a few days to, you know, six or seven or eight weeks kind of depends on how complex the situation is. Got it. Thank you. So would you share any complicated or complex scenario that you guys, you know, experienced? I mean, some of the more complex stuff, obviously, supply chain interruptions, right? Things that came up during COVID. There was, it was across the board, political risks, you know, political decisions being made. A lot of, you know, companies were considered to be 
you know, not necessary during that period of time. So they lost a bunch of revenue. Maybe it's a tenant leaving a property. They punch a hole in the wall or do some serious damage on their way out. That's something that the property owner is just going to eat, right? And so if they're taking excess profits, excess revenues at that point in time, they're setting those dollars aside. And now I'm pulling dollars back into my business to reimburse myself for that incident or that unhappy tenant as they're departing the property. Sure. Anything else we should aware of 831B plans? I definitely want people to understand that this is definitely something that can be done correctly and incorrectly, like most things, right? There is a way to do this and get a little too aggressive, get a little too cute, try to get too much out of it, uh, and it won't end well. And so that's why it's super important to have an administrator that knows this space, kind of helps you, much like a 401k administrator, right? They're kind of keeping this program set up in compliance and running it for you so that the business owner can do what they do best, which is focus on their business, run their business. Our job is to make sure that we're taking care of this side of the entity and uh, keeping it in compliance. So how exactly from compliance point of view, this will work? From a compliance standpoint, as we said? Yeah. One, making sure that the entity is structured appropriately to ownership structure, right? Making sure that you're funding a reasonable amount of premium in relation to your gross revenues of your company or companies, making sure that we're identifying risks that are real risks to you and your business and that industry. Those are kind of the big check marks, making sure that, you know, this looks, acts, smells like it's doing something real for your company. You're not just deferring dollars with no intent to really cover risks. Got it. Yeah. So what's the plans for next 12 to 18 months from your company point of view? Continuing to find those out there working with, you know, CPAs and tax advisors and advisors, podcasts like this one, business owners that are looking for better risk mitigation strategies, ways to become more tax efficient, really take things into their own hands rather than kind of being dependent on, I'm just hoping that things don't happen to me kind of thing. The business owner, the property owner that's looking to really think ahead and really prepare is definitely someone that should consider this. It's not a fit for everyone by any means, but most business owners, most property owners that have a number of properties or a large portfolio absolutely should consider looking into this so that they know what their options are. It may be a fit, it may not, uh, but it's absolutely something that should be explored. Got it. Any final thoughts on, you know, 831B plans? No, I mean, if you have any interest, please feel free to reach out to me. My cell phone number, you can always contact me by a call or text as uh, 801-589-4420. You can always go to our website at 831b.com and you know set up a meeting and let's have a discussion. Awesome. And thank you very much, Clay. I really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah. Thank you. Sounds great. Thanks. That's the end of this episode of Multifamily AP 360, but we'd love to continue to help you on your journey. Head to ushacapital.com slash podcast to join our email list for more tips and strategies. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. This is Multifamily AP 360 with Ramakrishna Chunchu. We'll see you next time.